Blog Talk Radio. This is Dorian Wallace. This is Raina Starr. Hope y'all are having a good Friday. Welcome to the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language and anything else I might say might upset you, this may not be the show for you. But if you like fun and good music, or at least good conversations about good music, you are at the right place. Oh, boy, I screwed that up. Anyway, <laughs> this one house, which is brought to you by the incredible one, the one, the only, the baddest witch in the land, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Dorothy's amazing. She creates some of the finest products in the land, if not the finest product in the land, for all of your fantastic witching needs. And if you need her products shipped overseas, check out theangrycauldron.com. They do her international shipping. Once again, check out wickedwitchstudios.com. All right. So now that I've done those two pieces of business, our guest is going to be along in very short order. And I have to thank him because he saved a life today and didn't even know it. Because I got to wear my headset. Yeah, I, I spent a day immersing in Mr. Henke's music. Tonight's guest, by the way, is Brian Henke. Sorry, guys. It's been a long <laughs> week. It, it's been a long four years. Anyway, so, yeah. yes, I have been fully immersed in Brian Henke-ness all day. It has been wonderful. And when the morons around me started acting up, I didn't hear any of it. So they got to live. So he actually saved oh. three lives today. So I, I can't wait to tell him about it. Oh, yeah. You know. Awesome. So this is uh, – <laughs> welcome to day 3,000 of rain. It has been raining here in North Carolina on and off every day. Yeah. I can't remember the last day it did not rain at least once. So that's been interesting. <laughs> Yeah, between that and the tiny or the the tiny chainsaws outside, you know the cicadas for those not in the south. It, it's just been a hot, friggin' sticky, yucky mess. Oh, are you having a cicada issue at your house? Oh my God! Well, we have more trees at this house, and we have pecan trees and oak trees and. All kinds of different trees, and there are all kinds of cicadas in our yard. And they start at, like, I'd say about noon at this point because it's getting warmer. And it's just, oh, my God, sometimes I just, I I have to put headphones in and listen to something. I should have been listening to Brian today, too. I listened to him a little bit, but it probably could save me a headache. 
Yeah, speaking of cicadas, your nephew was here um, before Hi. he got the COVID, and um, or he didn't get COVID rather before he was before he thought he w- had to go get tested for COVID. He was actually here one night for dinner, and we have a lot of trees over here too. And he went outside and said, "Mom, watch this." And he proceeded to lead an orchestra of cicadas. I don't know how he did it. Um, Seriously? But it was pretty, yeah, he, I don't know what kind of magic he was using, but he was employing something because he talks to them. Like if he tells them louder, they're louder. He, if he tells them softer, they go softer. If he tells them to stop, they stop. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm like, can you teach me how to do that? And he looks at me, he's like, Are you? Can you teach? He's like, can you teach me your trick? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> so I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not okay. We're he's gonna... not even fucking. He's not even fucking trained. And this bitch is yeah. doing magic that's running circles around my old ass. So I found that pretty what? fascinating. I'm like, huh? <laughs> huh? What? What? <laughs> but but okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> he comes by it honestly. You know, I, I it's great in you. It's it's. I don't know. I I I don't know. He's that shit blew me away. I'm like he's conducting cicadas. I wonder what else he can conduct out in nature. I we haven't explored this question yet. I'm just like, how the fuck did he? Do? Okay, I'm just gonna be amazed and stand back. I was impressed. Aww. But um, speaking of things that were impressive, we were admiring uh, Mr. Mr. Brian's double neck harp guitar, <gasps> yes. one of a kind, custom build. This thing, when he plays this thing, it has its own singing voice. It is amazing. Yeah. I've never heard an instrument like that. But I was very lucky because I got back to back to back. I mean, I joined Reverb Nation because of him. And I was just sitting there, happy as a clam, listening to him play. And I'm like, okay, this is my favorite song. And then I hear something else and I go, oh, maybe I like that song more. Although, you know, Uh I do not love them all. But, yeah, I got a couple of favorites, I have to say, I have to say. He's uh he's pretty amazing. I I'm I'm interested though in knowing more about him as a person because when I was doing my background research, I did not find all that much. As a matter of fact, I found next to nothing. So I want to delve oh, wow. into the enigma, the entity that is Mr. Brian Henke. I am very curious. There are things I have questions. I have questions that I want answers to. I want to know more about this man and where this uh, font of music comes from because he's incredible. I mean, he kind of reminds me of my old friend Jack Hardy from the New York folk scene back in the 70s and 80s. And, I'm, you know, a lot of folk musicians and, and troubadour type. That, well, I'm, I'm just going to save all my questions for, for, for Brian when he comes on. But there's just all these things I want to know because he reminds me so much of all the things I loved in, like, Celtic music and folk music in the past, like the older stuff that we yeah. really don't hear a lot of anymore. So I'm, like, really interested to see where he gets his inspiration from and, 
you know, he he does instrumental work. With, you know, he's got a piece called Night Tides that I'm just like, <gasps> oh, I'm in love. And if I had known how to upload a piece of it, I would have done it. But I haven't learned that part of this job yet. So I'll get to it, folks, I promise. I just don't have the information right in front of me, and I did not have the equipment I needed in time. So hopefully next time we have a musician on, I'll, I'll be better prepared. But it was just fascinating. I mean, he's. I, I want to know more about this person and, and where his stuff comes from because he's got, like, whew, albums. Not album, albums. You know, he's played with everybody. Yeah. If you look at a little bit of his bio, which, of course, I did, which, of course, I have in front of me, he has played with, like, Remember the name Richie Havens? Um, yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Christine? Well, I don't know if you would remember Christine Lavin, because we knew her from the folk scene. You were a little girl at the time, but I mean, yeah. we we knew her way back when. I mean, Linda Williams, Steve Morse, the Kingston Trio. I mean, he's been everywhere. Wow. You know. He's shared a film with all of these amazing, amazing people, you know. So he's, like, been on the same stage as Spirogyra. You remember that? Uh, That's from the past. That's really from the past. That's long ago. (laughs) See, I thought he was, like, 45 years old. I'm like, how the fuck could he be? like doing all that and be so young. So I, there's just, he's an enigma. I ought to know more. Where's he at? Dude, you're late. Where are you? You know what? We are on musician standard time, apparently. This is what happens, man. I'm telling you, I love my singer-songwriters, but sometimes, just sometimes, you know, they gotta, they gotta remember that the rest of us are on a different timeline. Come on, dude. I'm waiting for you. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, while we're waiting for Mr. Hanky to appear, um, next week we I have, because this is off on her birthday, uh, say happy Woo-hoo! birthday to my sister. Yes, child. On next I Saturday, want it. I will Take it be. Back. Well, you're stuck with it. Anyway, next I weekend I will be talking to Kate Froehler. Uh, Froehler, Froehler, F-R-U-E-U-L-E-R, Froehler, I believe, author of Blood and Bone, and I'm so excited about this book. So I'll be doing an hour with her next Saturday and uh, wishing my sister a happy birthday on the 24th, of course, but you know we like to have a weekend for our birthdays because that's what we like to do. Yay. So hopefully (laughs) we'll be doing something fantabulous for your birthday. And sleeping. Uh, sleeping. Sleeping. No sleeping. That's, no sleeping. No, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I plan I, on taking naps. Because I really can can't go anywhere. When you're dead. You don't. You're younger than me. You don't need that many fucking naps. Just wrong <laughs> with you. Oh, oh, my gosh. All right. So. I know that he is, I believe, he is on the East Coast. I have an email uh, saying, I have an email from him saying that he would call at 7.05. It is now 7.11. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. So um, I'm kind of curious as to where he's at. <laughs> so let me employ uh, one of our friends and say where he at because I yeah. don't know where he at. So Byron Ballard, Byron Ballard, if you are within the sound of my voice, um, can you please uh, find Mr. Henke and tell him he's been due on the air for the last uh, seven minutes? (laughs) So while we're waiting. Yeah. Oh, so what did you do this week? How is your uh, sign language lessons going? Actually, not too bad. I, you know, I've been kind of slacking off because I've found a few farmers markets. So I've been occupying myself with that, getting prepared mm-hmm. for a breakfast nook, and um, two couches, which are not coming until the end of next month. Because you know delivery is is delayed it's it's screwed up, you know, and sometimes it doesn't even come and it gets cancelled um hopefully not so with the couches, but other than that, you know um getting ready for for big man's birthday, who turns twenty three this year i'm like i said I said something about twenty two and my husband corrected me. He's like, no, he's 23. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready for 23. I was 23 when I had him, <laughs> you know? Wow. Very? Yeah. So oh, he is now reaching the age. Yeah. yeah. He, he was born a week and a day before my birthday, before my 24th birthday. So I was technically his age this year. When I had him, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he knows that or if he even cares because he's a guy. Guys don't care about that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know that he cares. Oh, and oh, yeah, I um, I have two accounts. I did a a random sweep today, and he got caught up on my other page in the sweep, so I sent uh, him a new request to accept. Yeah, I got it. I got messages from like all over the friggin' place. Um, did oh, you wow. mean to delete me? Did you mean to delete me? Did you not from him, but from other people, like people I've known for 50, like fifty years? Did you mean to delete me? I'm like, no, no, no. They're wow. like, well, well, and, I, and I know what happened because <laughs> I there were I had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours. And I'm like, you know, there's some people I just don't see eye to eye with anymore. And I was going through, I, I now I'm still dealing with a lot of craziness and guilt of people I've got to let go of. And I'm starting, yeah. like, with the oldest friends first. So, like, there's people I've known since childhood that I'm like, there's really no reason for us to be friends yeah. anymore. <laughs> so, and I especially found out some information about one of them, and I'm like, oh, I can't. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and our friend Byron Ballard says that uh, Mr. Brian, oh, look. Look who's in the queue, sis. Oh, 
Yeah, there you go. Let's let's bring him on, ladies and gentlemen. The late Brian Hankey. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Sorry about that. Okay. You know, I'm married. I'm married to a musician. You, you know, I I should have expected. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I'm sorry. That, I, oh, you're fine. I'm just glad I told you 7:05 instead of 7:15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All the right. same way, Brian. What was yeah, what? She is the same way. That's why I'm running yeah, the show. Yeah, and I'm not even a musician. Yeah, yeah I, I, you I know, know, and I have no good excuse. I was, I was watching a, a special on the Beatles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait a minute. What channel is that on? Because I have to go tell my husband, who is probably going to kill me if I don't tell him that it's on. Oh, it's, it's YouTube. It was Beatles Anthology, so everything's uh, always on. Watching it. Okay, he's he's already watching it. He was watching it before I got on the air, so, yeah, I guess it's yeah. in the air. Everybody wants to talk about the Beatles. All right, so, yeah. Mr. Hankey, I have to talk to you. I have some questions. I looked for information on you. I could not find information on you that goes back any further than your musical career. And I'm like, who is this enigma? What the hell is happening here? Because normally when you have famous people on, there's some backstory. You know, where you grew up, where you went to school, how you wrote your first song, what it was about, who it was for. These are the questions I have. So I want to know about you. But before I talk about that, I want to tell you that you saved some lives today because mm-hmm. I got to wear I got to wear my headset during work today because I still have a day job. And because I was listening to your great stuff, and thank you for turning me on to Reverb Nation because I love your stuff, um, because you're the reason I joined it, um, I didn't have to hurt anybody because I couldn't hear that because I was soaking up your music. It was great. Um, I have favorites. I do have some favorite songs. I hope that's okay. Um, That's okay. I'm very particular about three songs, um, Where the Hills Are Hollow, I'm in love with that nice. song, uh, Dance Dance with the Fireflies, I love that, um, but I will tell mm. you that Night Tides gave me chills. If folks ah. don't know, this, this man does instrumentals, this man writes the most beautifully lyrical and I'm sure you're like, please don't fucking compare me to anybody, but I'm going to have to. Um, don't hate me, because I have a friend, I had a friend, may the gods rest him, uh, named Jack Hardy from the old days in New York. And you remind me a lot of him, and he was one of a kind. And I think of you in the same way as being just this one of a kind musician, multi-talented, can do almost anything, something I'm extremely jealous of because I am an ex-singer. I don't sing anymore. I'm not versed in an instrument. So it's like I miss it, but I can't do it anymore. So I'm kind of like, oh, he's so great. Oh, he's so talented. So you're fabulous to me, and and I just want you to know how much I love your music. you slay me. You slay me. But Night Tides just really reminds me of everything I have always loved about Celtic tradition. And it reminds me of being in a dream in a forest. And I just love 
that feeling and you were able to capture that for me and it just transported me back. I can't even tell you how far, decades, centuries, doesn't matter. Um, I'm, I am a lifelong fan now. But well, that, that song I, it was that song was yes. uh, Blue Feather, Dunlap, and Hanky. It was three of us that got together to decide to do one album. Uh, Douglas Blue Feather is a really well-known, great uh, Native American flutist and drummer, and Ooh. Doug Dunlap is a uh, multi-instrumentalist. And he wrote most of the, the songs on the album, including Night Tides. And uh, mm. it sounded completely different when we started on it. And I remember I had my acoustic guitar out, and I, I tuned it specifically for that song and played just three chords in the background, and it changed the whole feel of it. And then it came mm-hmm. time to do a guitar solo. And I was trying to, you know, match the flute, but yet match the overall feel of it. And I remember when I finished the solo in the studio when we were recording, I felt as though if that had been the only song we did together, it was worth it. It just felt magical to me. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) My eyes are melting thinking about it. You know, you've done so much. And... I mean, you're, you're every, if people are interested in knowing, I've been kind of like dropping your links over the last couple of days on our show page. Like, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm entranced. And, you know, I want to know from the musician, because everybody gets labeled with, oh, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, things came to my mind, but it's like, why don't I just ask him how he identifies his music? So how do you identify it? Well, I just do it. I mean, I I would get cool. bored if I did the same thing all the time. I'm, I'm interested in a lot of different kinds of music, a lot of things that I just don't have time to play. I mean, I'd love to be in mm. a rock and blues band, you know, <laughs> there's no time for that. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, the, the music that I, that I write is all these influences all kind of thrown in together. I mean, I did seven completely instrumental solo acoustic guitar albums before I did my first vocal album. I quit singing for over 10 years and then had to go back oh, in the huh. studio and, and relearn how to do it. Um, you know, my wow. inner ear had changed, all that. It was, it was, it was difficult, but that's where my muse was taking me. And, uh, all those influences, you know, from all those years of being instrumental a guitar player, you know, mm-hmm. came into all my vocal music then. You know, it wasn't thinking of a of necessarily a band. And um, that developed, and the, the, the last album that's been released was Dance of the Fireflies, and I found myself yep. using less and less other instru- instrumentation because I realized it really wasn't necessary. I mean, everything was so full mm-hmm. anyway. And yeah. one of the things I, I discovered I really, really like to do a lot uh, back when I did uh, Raven King was using mm-hmm. uh, other voices as choirs. Um, and I'll never forget playing the song Raven King in the studio, and I had about 30 voices behind me. You know, I had S.J. Tucker and Ginger Dawson, Dave the Bard, you know, and Lynn Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these incredible singers and multiple tracks of them, you know, to be my choir mm-hmm. And then I got to play an electric guitar solo on top of that. 
<laughs> I remember oh, I was wow. just like, I was like, you know, because I hadn't been able to play much electric guitar, and it was just nirvana for me. And I remember Lynn, Lynn Sanders had come in to do the part, and I remember saying to her just before her session ended, I said, you know that song Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd, you know, how the singer just kind of wails and goes off? Why don't you try doing yeah. some of that? <laughs> and, and, and you know, and then maybe I'll come back and I'll play a harmony over it when I do the guitar solo. So she did it. First take is what you hear. <laughs> the album. Yeah. I, heard it, I heard it and I said, I'm not playing over that. <laughs> That's way <Wow>. too good. <laughs> and instead, instead, what we did was Mallory Beck, who's a soprano sang a harmony that we put way, way, way in the background over the top to accent it. So, the, I mean, I think we spent eight hours just mixing the voices on that song to get everything balanced the way that we wanted to. Uh, and, I mean, all those influences all kind of came together, and I was able to do that. Um, working with, I love working with great singers, um, and I, I consider myself at my very best maybe a good singer. <laughs> and I would love to be a great singer, but, you know, uh, I, you know I've got the voice I've got. Um, and I do the best I can. I love it. Well, I think thank your voice you. Thank is you so wonderful. Much. I mean, I, thank you. and I have to be honest with you, I come from a world when I was growing up, you know, it was very, um, you know, Greenwich Village. I lived, you know, in the city. Um, yeah, the bitter end. You know, we would go out to Roslyn to go to my father's place. We went to all the great, you know, Folk City, um, Speakeasy. We had all these great folky places, and I don't like folk music, <laughs> and I love you. So <laughs> obviously, to me, I don't interpret you as a folk artist, and I know people are like, hmm? but yeah, I mean, you have to interpret music in your own soul, and and this is what bothers me about pigeonholing, because my husband's a rock musician, but he plays everything. He, pr- he right. prefers rock and roll, but, you know, he's played country and western. He's played disco when he's had to. I mean, you know, the musician stands up to the job and says, okay, this is what we're doing, let's go do this, you know, and makes it feel good, whether or not it's something they're even particularly into, but that's that's what professionals do, because music is a profession, yeah. and I'm sorry, I have to do this, um, because I have soapboxes, you see, at my age. Um, <laughs> music is work. No, 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 people think everything's fucking fun in games because it's entertainment, and people need to understand, writing is work. Playing is work. Is it enjoyable work? Sometimes, not always. Brian, back me up here. I mean, right yeah, or wrong, uh, this is booking gigs. Writing, writing to me is, yes. is, is extremely fun, uh, you know, and it's yeah. the easiest part of the process for me. I've never, ever had writer's block. It's always, you know, the ideas Ooh. have come easy to me. But on the same easy. token, I sit yeah. down to work on something, and I work on it till it's done. Uh, it's way too easy ah. to, you know, go, oh, that, that, that sounds good. I think I'm going to go, you know, do something else for, you know, and come back to it in a week. I, I work on it until it's done. 
You know, sometimes it'll take a full day or two days. And then even after mm-hmm. it's done, it's not completely done because I find myself going back and looking at the lyrics going, you know, that one word could be replaced with another word that <laughs> would say the same thing but sound better yeah. when I'm singing it. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, you, you mentioned uh, Where the Hills Are Hollow um, mm-hmm. as one of your favorites. And it's yeah. so interesting because I've never performed that song live. The only time I ever sang it all the way through was for the very first time in the studio when I did it. Wow. And, and I had a certain plan in mind, you know, to have like a drum circle, you know, as a, only as a drum parade at the end. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, you know, I had so much fun doing that. Um, and then, you know, brought in all these, <laughs> you know, flutes and whistles and children's laughter and bird sounds and, and, and at the very end, if you listen very, very closely, I, I had Byron Ballard, who I knew spoke some Gaelic, uh, send me Welcome to the Land uh-huh. of the She, and you hear it at the very end, very quietly. <laughs> oh, that was, so Yeah, that was cool. the first and only time I ever sang that song. I, first of all, I have to now go back and listen for Byron because I missed it, but I was also at work. So I apologize, Byron. Thank you, Byron. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Oh God, that song that that song just transports me. I can't believe you don't do it live. I mean, that's so weird. I'm hoping that is, yeah. if I ever see you in person, that I can convince you uh, to maybe play it. <laughs> oh, I, I would I would have to relearn it. I, I've got you know right now. There's ten albums out, and I'm working on two at the same time. Plus, we're, you know, writing stuff for the musical. There's no way I can remember it all. You know, if True. I want to go back and do something I've forgotten, yeah. you know, I have to, I have to I, I relearn it, you know. And I understand that because, again, being married to a musician, he's forgotten more songs than most people have ever played. So I, I, right. I dig what you're saying. Um, but but back to the point about music being work, you know, I, I, I get the impression that even to this day folks look at musicians like, oh, you know, your life's a party and it's all so easy. And I'm talking about pre-pandemic. Now, during the pandemic, it must be really interesting when things you've had planned are suddenly not happening. Are you finding right. that you my, my last live gig was in March. Whew. Wow. Wow. You know, so are you doing summer on, on festivals gone. Right, right. So what are you what are you doing? Like, is there some way to get some of that back as far as doing online concerts? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, some people oh. are getting a little bit from that, but in, you know, there's really not. You know, you, you can't replace it. Um, I think by the time next summer comes along, you know, and hopefully, you know, the majority of this, you know, disaster will be behind us. We'll all be able to yeah. go to festivals again. I think people are going to start to realize how lucky we've been how, and be grateful for the fact that we can go to festivals in the summer. We can get together. We can hug each other. Yeah. You know, um, sure. we can listen to live music. You know, I mean, I, I've written a lot with my downtime. I wish I could have mm-hmm. recorded more, but uh, the recording studio I've been, you know, recorded all my stuff at, um, He's, uh, you know, very paranoid about getting together in person. So, you know, anything we've done has been online, and I can't really record, you know, track. I can't track online. Right. Um, I'm not set right. up for that. 
So I just found another studio that will, you know, let me come in and trap, uh, and I'll still uh-huh. continue to mix, mix online. But I'm, I, you know, I have to withhold judgment to see how that turns out. <laughs> At this point in time, I'm not sure. But in the meantime, I've got 24 songs towards the next two Jeez. albums. Wow. What are you, just like a fountain? You just spit these <laughs> things out? This is crazy. That's a lot of music. I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I have wow. to force myself sometimes to stop writing and, and learn the song. Just learn it. Um, yeah. And I, I was working so much writing and practicing. I practiced so much that I aggravated my carpal tunnel to the point that I couldn't play for two weeks. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't grip my guitar, and I was like, "Oh man!" I mean, I really overdid it. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I was constantly picking it up, and now I'm just being careful and trying to be a little wiser about it. But I mean, that's. I mean, I wrote that much music because it's not just. It's not just writing it. You have to learn it and arrange it afterwards. Sure. And the guitar parts sure. I I I play are several parts at once. And then I've got to, you know, be able to sing over the top of that and play several parts at once and sing over the top and, and have it sound right. And I can't just go into the studio without knowing the song. Um, or the Hills Are Hollow of is course. interesting because, you know, I, I knew the song, but I just never sung it out live before. Because um, back then I was playing it live a lot. And uh, it wow. just, you know, it wasn't one of the ones that made it to the stage. Interesting. Wow. My favorite song is A Problem Child. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, in order to do it happen? properly live, I'd have, to, I'd have to have, you know, about uh, seven drummers on stage with me, and they would only play at wow. the end. We should get him and Dragon Samuel Salisbury together. He, he I, came I, in I and just, you know, actually, just nailed the violin parts, you know. Um, right. He, he was right. remarkable. I actually... I actually carry an extra drummer with me at all times, but that's not seven, so forget it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still want to know more about how you got to be who you are now as far as, you know, like a lot of people say great art comes from great pain. Like what inspires you to write? What, like tell me your first – tell me about your first song. When did you write it? Was it for a person? All right. Was it a, do you remember that? Yes. Yes, I remember it extremely ah. well. I cool. spent all my summers on my grandparents' farm in Highland, Illinois. Um, uh-huh. And uh, my grandpa came up with this great idea to, to run wires out to flower boxes that were on the, this country road so he could play Ooh. religious music. Well, while I was there, we'd be playing the Moody Blues and Stephen Wolf and Iron Butterfly. <laughs> I love the Moody Blues. And I'd, be, and I'd be listening to them outside. And one night, I had my old Stella Harmony acoustic guitar, and I'd just been listening to the Moody Blues. And I went walking down this country road after the album was over. And I walked back into this pasture of a neighboring farm. I'd never been there before. And there were fireflies out. It was kind of misty. And I could hear things kind of moving around out in the dark. And it was just totally magical. And I came back out to the road, and I'm playing the guitar, and all of a sudden, I caught a groove for the first time. And the chill ran up my spine, and my top of my head buzzed. It was the first time that ever happened. 
And, wow. you know, I just never stopped. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't say it was a particularly good song. I didn't write a melody. I didn't write words, but I can still remember what I play. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How, how old were you? How did you get your first guitar? Did you, was it your first instrument? My, my, no, my first instrument was a trumpet. Um, I got one <laughs> oh. when I was really young. It was my dad's, and it was lost in a house fire. And, oh, you know, man. I didn't get another one until I was in the fifth grade, and I was given lessons, and that ruined it for me. And at 13, <laughs> I got my first real acoustic guitar for my birthday, uh, an old Stella Harmony, which I still have, but, you know, it's not really playable anymore. But it was on that oh, guitar. So right. I must have been about 13 or 14 years old Yeah. when, this, when I was doing this, you know. Um, uh-huh. I don't remember exactly. Um but I spent you know a lot of time on that farm. It's it's interesting, you know, you know people you know wonder where the influences came from. I mean, I yeah. I have lived in a small town, Edwardsville, Illinois, you know, from the age of two till thirteen. Then Lakewood, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland, um, yeah. up until I was about eighteen, and I wandered a lot. After that, I hitchhiked around the country. You know, um, <laughs> I was a tumbleweed for sure. And um, and I've lived in the inner city as well. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and and spending all that time on the farm, I really got a pretty wide view of what life was about as I was growing up. Um, And, you know, my childhood was split almost exactly in half. I was actually born Mm -hmm. in Monterey, California, while my dad was in the Army and lived there until I was two. So I had all of that in my subconscious as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know the palm trees, uh, the ocean, yeah, and when I finally I got to go back there and play in Monterey, I spent some some time in uh, at Big Sur, which is yep. just magical. Beautiful, and you know, and, and all the all those you know those you know early childhood memories, you know the visions and the smells and everything were kind of coming back to me, and uh, mm-hmm. I remember camping at Big Sur. Right next to this giant redwood tree, um, really close to the ocean, and I followed this path along a river that took me to the ocean, and got there. And I remember as I was walking along this big rocky beach, there was a seal or sea otter—I'm not sure which—following me. He seemed to be very interested in what I was doing. Oh, <laughs> I, I remember seeing a, a, a white maple. Um, or, and it had to be at least a thousand years old. You know, I could just feel yeah. the the fey energy around it. You know, um, mm-hmm. so I mean, all all of those different things, you know, have you know, come into the music. They're all part of you know who I am, and and who I am is is what's in the music. Things that you know turn me on that you know that I that I'm interested in. Uh, I write about yeah. the fey a lot. Um, yeah, I actually saw them once. Just once. I think that was all that was necessary. I felt them before. Um, sure. So, I mean, all all of that is 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 part of it. You know, I I used to go to festivals and I would watch people, you know, dance around the fire and the drummers drumming and and you know the the sparks of the fire going up in the air and maybe the fire flies off in the in the distance and the stars out at night and. I would think, because I, I don't dance and I, I can't play drums because it hurts my hands. 
<laughs> I would I, I I would watch and I would think and and about how all of this is so cosmic, you know, and so timeless. The drums, you know, the yeah, earth, sure. the life, the life energy, you know, the earth energy, the dancing. Okay, the planets <laughs> going around the sun. The fire in the center is the sun, and you know, and the fireflies and the sparks, like they're trying to reach up to the sky to become part of the stars. Um, mm. That is all there in the music. Uh, Dance with the fireflies is a really good example of that. Um, oh yeah, I love and, it. And that's just you know my own observations and my own feelings about all of that. So okay, so this young man gets this guitar and he's he's grooving. He's he's got melodies happening. He's writing songs. Was it? always solo or did you start with a band what was the evolution well when i was uh 16 i joined my first band um i didn't even have an electric guitar i (laughs) i met these guys at a local ymca dance and they heard me play and there was going to be another dance you know this is in lakewood ohio the, the night after and they asked me to join the band and they gave me a loaned amplifier and a loaned guitar and um, the very, and we rehearsed all all day, all afternoon, and then we got on stage that night. And I remember it was the first time as a kid I can ever remember anybody making a big deal over me. <laughs> wow! And really? I, I like it, you know. Yeah, I, I really like sure. it. And uh, they, yeah. I mean, I can play really fast, and I can play in key. <laughs> that's about all I can say about <laughs> myself at sixteen. Sometimes that's all you need. And then, you know, and I, and I went off later that next summer, and I worked all summer long in a greenhouse in southern Illinois, in Highland, Illinois, and hung out and uh-huh. lived on the farm, you know, and worked in the greenhouse at 85 cents an hour, saved up all wow. my money. And at the end of the summer, I bought a fringed leather jacket, a shirt uh-huh. with flowers all over it, and a Gibson so Les Paul. And all a Gibson right. Les Paul. I, I still have the Les Paul. Nice. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I still understand. bring it to festivals, people and when I sit in with other people, a lot of times I'll play it. You can ask Mama oh, Gina my. about it sometime if you ever do an interview with her. Oh, I have, and I talked to Gina a couple of years back, and I can't wait to see her again, hopefully next year. Um, but yes. folks have to understand, I'm of a certain age that when you say fringe jacket and flower shirt, I already see in my mind what that looks like because I remember those days. Um, yeah. Oh, those are those are some great days. <laughs> so let me ask you. All right. So how long how long did that band last? Oh, not the long. First band. I think we went through a, a, you know member changes you know constantly um, and name changes. I can't remember them all. Um, Sure. And uh, it never went anywhere. Uh, and, you know, I would just constantly, you know, meet up with other musicians and jam and would form bands. And, I, you know, yeah. I can't really say much of anything happened. It's just that I learned from everybody I played with, especially if I worked with other guitar players. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was constantly learning because I'm self-taught. So, you know, I didn't get formal right. lessons, but, you know, I, I can say I learned from watching other guitar players and talking with them about Amazing. different chords and chord progressions and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, constantly listening to 
things. You know, I mean, I, I thought the Moody Blues were so magical, and the you know, Pink Floyd and the Beatles and the Who, and sure. you know, a, a lot of those that amazing music, you know, is there inside of my own music because of the way that it influenced. Oh yeah. You I know, and since you know, I've actually I've gone I back so and, many you know, and played Beatles. When songs. I listen to you but, sing, you I, when I just have to say when I listen to you sing, I. Depending on the song, of course, I hear Paul Simon, I hear Art Garfunkel, I hear Ian Anderson, I hear Roger Daltrey, I hear I hear <laughs> all these people when I listen to you sing, and it, it fascinates me. Well, you know, easy. being a singer is, is is in a way, you know, if you, especially if you're doing somebody else's songs, you're an actor. You're you're right. acting out that song. Ah. You're trying to express that song. So whatever that song mm-hmm. is, I try to express it as a singer the best that I can. I don't go start off going, well, I want to sound like Roger Daltrey because I don't. I mean, I just want to, you know, express that song as as best as I can, mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully, yeah. be actually be able to sing it. <laughs> Sometimes I I tend to to write almost impossible melodies. Um, and uh, I've been learning as <laughs> the years go on not to write stuff <laughs> I can't sing if I can help it. <laughs> I don't know. Bob Dylan made a living at it. <laughs> yeah. And you sing a lot better than he'll ever dream of. No dissing to Bob Dylan, but let's face the facts. The man wrote classic songs that he shouldn't have been singing. You can sing. <laughs> he wishes for your voice. Oh, thank you. So I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm fascinated because there's a saying, you know, if you want to go far, go alone. And I find that a lot of folks in bands and other groups just get, you know, it's hard when, when everybody's not sharing the same exact vision and that's almost impossible as people, you know. If you have a relationship uh, with the Fae or any specific type of entity or 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 faith path or or whatever you want to call it, sometimes it requires having people like that around you, or maybe even being better off on your own. Did you did you find any kind of conflicts when you would deal with other musicians in a in a group setting like that? Oh yeah, you know. Um... I tell people, I've told this so many times, but it is so true. As a solo artist, I am the only idiot I have to deal with. <laughs> true. I that. Now, you mentioned your husband being a musician. I'm sure he would concur 100%. Well, when you're working with other musicians, you know, yeah. Oh, okay. And he, oh, boy. he has no choice they have but to work with other jokes. musicians. Yeah. So he's, you know, and he's I mean, not, yeah. I could do, I could do drummer jokes all day, but I'm not going to, um, yeah. because I respect so many yeah. of them. But the fact of the matter is, is that you can go out on your own. He right. can't. I mean, he could, but it wouldn't be nearly as interesting, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've got the ability to, because I think a guitarist and a singer-songwriter who plays guitar, obviously, um, has the capacity to translate the music completely by themselves. 
where it may not be that easy for someone who does not play what I consider the lead instrument. So, you know, I think it's a, it's kind of a different perception. Um, And sometimes, you know, (laughs) there's a saying, every band is five minutes from breaking up, you know, and um, (laughs) it's true. And some bands should, five minutes is five minutes too long, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I, I, I haven't been in a band in a really long time, but I still do enjoy pulling out the Les Paul and sitting in with somebody else, especially if they're really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah. I, I remember, you know, playing with Mama Gina, you know, uh, it's always, always a blast because she's such an amazing songwriter and singer. And uh, I is. find her song so interesting. And um, I love yeah. just listening yeah. to her. She's, yeah. she's awesome. And, you know, and you know, and the same thing with you know Wendy Rule or Ginger Doss or you know you know any of the people that I sat in with or you know Burning Sage, it's always fun for me yep. to step back. And we talked about you know having different musical identities. I you know going with what the song is. I I was playing with some friends of mine at a restaurant in Akron, Ohio, and uh, they're the Troubadours of Divine Bliss, who are just remarkable, remarkable duo. Ooh. And I was playing electric guitar, and I was playing their music. So I was, you know, playing in the background, and I'd take a solo when they wanted me to and everything. And after I was done, somebody came up to me and said, you know, you look just like Brian Henke. You don't sound anything like him, but you look just like him. They had seen me at the Kent Stage play, you know, with, you know, like 600 people. And, you know, and I'm far away on the stage. So they didn't realize that it really was me. <laughs> oh, and, and I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> if I see him, I'll let him know. I mean, what do you say to yeah. that? <laughs> well, I said, well, actually, I am Brian Anke, and the reason I sound different is that I was playing their music, not mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. So you melted in. That's perfect. Yeah. So tell us about Dreamcatcher. She is, or she or he or non-binary is mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. I have never seen a piece like that. Well, it it, it is a one of a kind, uh, double neck twenty seven string harp guitar. It was custom built for me. And um, it's got a six-string neck, a seven-string baritone bass neck. It's a double neck. And then it's got a 14-string harp, which is all treble, all very high. And the the style Mm -hmm. that I develop as a finger-style guitar player uh, is to be able to play multiple parts at once. I can fret and pick with either hand at the same time. And having having two guitar necks and a harp, just meant I, I had all this wide open space. It's like, you know, driving down a two lane country road and all of a sudden you're on the Autobahn sonically. Um, it's just yeah. wide open spaces. Um, and, you know, if you hear something recorded with that, that is exactly the way that I do it live. That's, wow. that's not yeah. overdone. That is what that instrument can do. It's what it's freed me up to do. So I can be, you know, on <laughs> one neck of the guitar hitting, you know, strumming and plucking harmonics with that hand. The other hand can be playing harmonics or something else with the other neck, 
and then switch back and forth from the harp to that net. You know, wow. um, which, you know, like I said, having that instrument really freed me up. I and mean, I still do the same sort of thing a lot of times with just the six string, but the Dreamcaster, um, you know, I got to name it, by the way, because it was my idea. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. It's a beautiful name. Love uh, it. So I, 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 you know, the Dreamcaster is just, it just opened up a whole sonic thing. And I, I remember... I can remember the first time I heard heard it back in the studio. Um, I went in the other room and I'm hearing, you know, the the, the bass notes and the uh, you know the the harp and all the stuff going off, and I was just like, oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing I, yeah. instrument, you know. Um, like, and it is, like, it really, truly um, is an amazing instrument. Yeah, so, it's so it, it has a, <laughs> its own voice. Yes. Which is amazing, yes. and it's and as yeah. far as I know, it might well be the only one that'll ever exist because the guy that built it said he's never building another one. It took him three years oh, wow. to build his guitar. Yeah, no doubt. So you designed it, or you co-designed it? Is that right? Yeah, basically, I told him what I wanted, how where I would want everything, and mm-hmm. and he says, "Well, I could do that," <laughs> and he did. <laughs> three years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it no took a while. He, I mean, I mean, he was still working a day job, you know, putting up drywall and coming home at night working on guitars. And oh uh, oh, wow. this guitar, it, it had never existed before, so there was no template. There was no going to YouTube yeah. to see how somebody else had done it. He had to figure right. out the bracing and everything on his own, and he had no idea that, you know, if, if you put the strings on it, whether it would just implode, you know, because there's <laughs> a lot of pressure. A yeah. lot of pressure for yeah. this thing. Oh yeah, a lot of strings. Twenty-seven strings mm-hmm. on an instrument. Kind of, what kind of what is that? Well, uh, the top is uh, spruce, and the sides Ooh. and back are curly maple. Oh, nice. Ooh, curly. Is that curly maple? Is it similar like a, a Gibson J two hundred? The jumbo is maple. Oh, okay. and, you know, a lot of a lot of the jumbo guitars yeah. are maple because they they have so much high end. Well, if you're going to have a really huge guitar, you know, yeah, yeah. you don't want to have you use rosewood because there would be too much bass. So the maple, you know, brings it brings out the high end as well and it evens everything out. Yeah, and if you could even get rosewood, because rosewood's endangered. You can't even touch it anymore. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. rosewood, you can't get rosewood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't been it's, able to get Brazilian in a while, it's, you know, unless it was somebody had it stacked up in a warehouse for the past 30 years. Wow. <laughs> I didn't it's realize it was that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is fantastic, and it's it's really stunning. How many people have tried to buy it from you? <laughs> no, Nobody has ever tried to buy it from me because then they'd have to play it. <laughs> Very true. That's an excellent point. I mean, I can't even imagine. I'm it's because it's a harp and a double neck guitar. I can't even get my head wrapped around the double neck. And I've seen double necks, you know, not uh, electric uh, double double necks. You know, having mm-hmm. gone to nine thousand concerts as a child, but I'd never seen an acoustic double neck with a harp. Huh? What? This does not even compute in my brain. 
but it's got oh, this, this singing voice that is incredible. And it, yeah, that thing is so magical. I'd be afraid to get near it. <laughs> I, you know, I've 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 only known a couple of guitarists in my life that picked it up and got a handle on it. Um, and yeah, uh, one of them is already a harp guitarist. <laughs> okay. The other one, you know, just sense. just you know, just seemed to have an affinity for it. It's it's a complicated instrument. It's kind of like you know, going from checkers to three D chess. I I can't imagine. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing real straightforward about it, you know. If you could think, you know, if you're thinking in the box while you're trying to play or compose with it, it's not going to work. You have to think out of the box. You have to go, all right, well, the melody I want can start on this neck, but it's going to have to go down mm-hmm. here to this neck in order to work. Mm-hmm. And then I may want to have, you know, a, a you know, quick pluck heart note there. And you know, or sure. Maybe I want to hit harmonics with my, my left hand. Um, while I'm playing something else with the right, you know, on the, on another neck, um, there's a there's a lot of variables uh, that go into composing composing with it and uh, just playing it live. Okay, I have a question that's going to sound apropos of nothing, but do you drive a stick shift? No. <laughs> okay. The reason here's the reason why. Okay, now understand, this is the reason why I ask this question. Because when you have somebody who's able to control multiple things at once with two hands and sometimes with their feet and everything's going independently, normally mm-hmm. you would think this person knows how to drive a stick shift. No, well, I, I learned how to I do assume. it when I was younger because I drove uh, a yeah. tractor. But, oh, okay. wow. you did. but I drive a lot, <laughs> and the last thing I want to have to do is think about all those different things at once. You know, um, if I'm driving through Chicago in rush hour, I do not want to be driving a stick shift. I understand And, that. you know, that under, under normal times, you know, when we don't have a gigantic pan- pandemic going on, I drive a mm-hmm. lot. And I drive in some yeah. horrendous traffic. I've driven through rush hour in L.A., Chicago, and New York. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, I'm from New York. I Yeah, New York. You know, it isn't so bad because it's slow. <laughs> L.A. is yeah. crazy because it's rush hour and they're bumper to bumper and they're 90 miles an hour. Uh, yeah. And Chicago yeah. is just crazy. Chicago is—you never know <laughs> what you're going to get in Chicago. It's a mixed bag, he says. But you know, <laughs> I, I just—I—I I find you fascinating because. You do all of these things. It's like you're still going at breakneck speed, even when you're not in the car, um, as far as the music goes. And you just keep making these incredible pieces of art. They're like mini pieces of art. Here's your five minutes of art here. Here's your three minutes of this art here. And I, I just think it's incredible what you're able to accomplish and the fact that you've got enough music ready for like two more albums and when was your last release it wasn't that long ago was it it was uh september of 2019 yeah that's oh, not that long ago, ago. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean yeah i <laughs> i've known it's crazy i've known people who have taken six months to cut an album so it's like what do you mean you have two albums worth of stuff already how did that happen i mean it's incredible to me yeah 
I, you know, like I said, the writing is the easy part. You know, I have to stop myself from writing a lot of times just so that I can concentrate on learning the songs because uh, it's so much easier, yeah. so much more fun to just sit down and, and create something, you know, start working with a melody and a word idea or some sort of story. Um, I mean, that, that, that's the, the most exciting part of it. And then learning it, you know, and arranging it, you know, how am I going to sing it? You know, what kind mm-hmm. of you know, tones do I want to use with my voice? Uh, am I, do I want to sing a part softly? You know, how complicated, you know, will the guitar be? All of that, mm-hmm. you know, that's the learning process. And then once I've got it learned, I have to have it memorized. Yeah. And then I, I go out wow. and play it a few times, and the first couple of times I screw it up completely. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody does. Like everybody yep. does. But, I love the horses like in the, in the studio when I just get lucky and just nail it. Which happens rarely. I mean, if yeah, I rarely. don't hear very many, you know, being around musicians, you know, my husband and his folks are, are talking about alternatives to the studio because they're getting ready to cut a couple of tracks too. And they're talking about the whole social distancing thing. And he's got his first rehearsal on Monday and we don't know what's going to happen. So I mean, I'm like, just be distant, be socially distant. And and I'll just wait here, you know. So yeah, I mean that'll be fun. I know people playing in bar bands that are actually out still working because a lot of the bars oh, yeah. are open. I, the places that I've been playing, you know, aren't. The mm-hmm. festivals haven't been open; they've all closed. Um, right. And uh, you know, right. I, locally, I was I was still doing. I did a hospital <laughs> room to room once a week playing solo instrumental acoustic guitar, which I loved. Oh, wow. You know, it was a rehab place. That they, that kind oh, of shut great. down, of course, you know. The last time they wanted somebody sure. coming in there and breathing, breathing germs all over everything. Um, and then the restaurants, yeah. you know, the same kind of thing. Uh, there was a re- one restaurant yeah. that I still played locally that I really loved, uh-huh. and I lo- loved the food. And uh, they shut mm. down through the end of the year. And, I, and of course, yeah. I really miss the festivals. I miss them a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's so, nothing like a live crowd. For sure. No, there's nothing, nothing like that. I, like I said, I think, I think this winter is going to be a long, hard, cold winter for a lot of people, especially people you yeah. know in our, our community, um, yeah, that, that have not had that you know being able to get together thing. You know, going we missed it, and we're going to realize how much we miss it when you know it's you know nine months since the last time we were able to do it, yeah, uh, sure. or longer. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping everybody, you know, you know, do the online things, you know, um, you know, online concerts are great, but it's, there's no substitute for actually being in person and having that interaction with, with people. There just is no substitute. Sure. Well, Brian, in the last few minutes that we have with you, um, what can folks do to support musicians who have been hit by this thing? What can we do to help? Well, you know, buy our music, listen to our music. Yeah. You know, and and don't forget about us, you know. I mean, you know, all of us are out here still, you know, struggling and doing the best we can. Um, I was just talking with Danny Danny from uh, Tawatha Dea. You know, they're they're having a rough time, but they're they're doing a lot of of things to to help it along in the meantime. But, I mean, that's an eight-piece band. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of people. I call Danny sure. the great cat herder. 
Yes, he is. Because, you know, he's able to, keep, you know, help keep all that together. And they're such a great band, uh, great songs, and oh, yeah. just wonderful people. I, I love those guys so much. Oh, yeah. um, and yep. it's, it's hard. It's really, really difficult right now for, for all of us because, we, you know, we want to share our music. I mean, I write all these songs, and I'm, I'm like, I want to play them for somebody. <laughs> I want to get some sure. feedback. I want to hear what people yeah, think sure. about them. It's um, be yeah, so it if you can just listen to you know what we put online, you know, um, and you know, and and, and the, that that'll help. You know, give us some feedback occasionally. You know, tell us we're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you. That will sustain me for at least another hour or two. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, I'll call you, back you can always two call hours. us back for rein- You can call us back for reinforcements. No problem. Well, yeah. Brian Hanke, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us and talking to us and helping us get to know you a little better. Uh, I certainly enjoyed yeah. our time with you. I hope we can get you to come back at some point in the future. And folks, like Brian says, you know, go to Reverb Nation, listen to the music, you know, buy some music. This is how our folks are, this is the only way our folks are going to be able to continue bringing great music. We've got to support them when, when times are lean. Don't forget about them. Uh, right got to right now, too. Reverb Nation is the only place that you can go to to hear me, too. I'm having issues with Facebook. <laughs> and my oh, regular no. website, okay. my, I'm having problems with it, too. Um, but Facebook, okay. I, I guess I was sending out too many posts, and they shut me down. Um, you know, so Reverb Nation, you know, so ReverbNation.com slash Brian Hankey. Is is where you can go right now online, to, and that's a great great site anyway. And so much of my music is there, and you can stream it for free. And a lot of stuff is downloadable for free. You know, um, oh. so you know, stop by and listen. <laughs> and if you feel like it, send yes. me a comment. Yes, absolutely. And the link to Brian's Reverb Nation page, I posted that earlier. Um, please support him. Please support Tuatha Dea. Please support all of our great musicians, Mama Gina, Sharon Knight, Wendy Rule. You know all these folks. You love all these folks. You you watch them at festivals. You know you adore them. They need your help. Please, please, please support our musicians because we don't want them to go away and have to find other jobs because that would be shit. Okay? Yeah. Um, you Brian, don't, you hey, don't want me saying you want fries with that? <laughs> no. Okay. No, definitely not. <laughs> Thank you so much again for spending some time with us, and we hope you'll come back soon. Thanks for having me, and I, I apologize again for, for being a little late. Ah, oh, you're fine. <laughs> no problem. All right. You're good. <laughs> Just busting your balls. Right, thanks so much. <laughs> nice to see you. Have a good one. All you right, too. Guys, thanks. We will... Thanks. All right, guys, we will be back tomorrow with Cindy Dale. This is going to be an interesting show. So... Tune in at noon, and we will see you then. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night guys.